I think, I mean, the space has just come so far in the past four or five years. It's it's incredible to see so many new virtual influencers popping up every day. And, you know, they're taking so many different forms. They're no longer kind of like human forms. You're seeing like uh, anime and kind of manga figures. You're seeing like really abstract, um, you know, kind of characters, um, all with really high followings and really, really high engagement. Hi, I'm Mike D'Annunzio, the founder of Pebble Ventures, and welcome to Metaverse Matters. Really happy today to have with me Cameron James Wilson, the founder of The Digitals, and my colleague Lauren Fenema. This episode was really enlightening for me. We covered a lot of ground on digital avatars and influencers, how consumers think about them, the rising prominence of identity, and if you're a brand and you're thinking about creating your own avatar or working with a virtual influencer, Cameron has a lot of great insights from the last several years that he's been working in this space. And if you're listening to this on audio, we provide a lot of imagery of the work that Cameron's created. So if you want to see that, head over to pebbleventures.com metaverse and you can watch the video version there. So great episode today. Looking forward to sharing it with all of you. And let's get going. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Metaverse Matters. We're really happy to have with us today Cameron James Wilson, who's the founder of The Digitals. And we're going to be talking about something that's coming up quite a bit right now. It's avatars and identity. And Cameron has been doing this for quite some time, and he'll be able to share a lot of his experiences today in order to help brands begin to think about it. So maybe Cameron, um, for our listeners who don't know the work that you've done, uh, maybe if you could just introduce the concept of digitals and um, the concept of digital models. So uh, when I created the digitals, I had this vision of creating the world's first all digital modeling agency, mm. meaning that we represented only digital models which was something really really exciting for me at the time I, I kind of just thought it was straight off the pages of a sci-fi novel or out, out of kind of Blade Runner or something like that and I'd never really seen anything like that done before so I thought let's do it and it kind of started as um I wouldn't say it was just it wasn't as serious when I started you know I, I kind of just did it for fun um mm. and then it got picked up uh, everywhere, you know, it kind of caused <laughs> a lot of disruption and people were like, where is fashion going and um, asking a lot of questions. And um, we we started working with some really incredible clients, you know, kind of helping them uh, understand and navigate this new kind of uh, space, you know, mm -hmm. that, that was just forming at the time. So this was this was four or five years ago now, um, before kind of uh, NFTs and Web 3.0 really caught sure. on. Um, people were kind of just learning about virtual influencers, you know, these digital characters, um, you know, emerging on social media platforms. So helping our clients um, navigate that space. And we started working with some incredible brands. Um, one of the first was Balmain, um, the French fashion house. And, um, you know, from then on, we, we, we really had to take this super serious. You know, this was, this was actually something in its, for, you know, forming stages. Hmm, interesting. And and then tell us about Shudo. So Shudo was one of the first, is that correct, that you created? It'd just be really interesting to kind of hear the backstory on that. So Shudo, Shudo was the first character that I created. Yeah. Um, and this was this was before the digitals, before everything. I created Shudo. Hmm. And um, 
I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I, I just um, knew that I didn't want to be a fashion photographer anymore. I felt kind of limited uh, creatively. You know, if you want to do a fashion shoot, you have to invest a lot of time, a lot of money into having a studio, into booking models, makeup artists, you know, lots and lots of things. Um, and I kind of felt creatively stunted by that. You know, sometimes my most creative times are at two, two in the morning totally. <laughs> um, and it's not going to be possible to find a model at two in the morning. You know? so, <laughs> um, so for me, I wanted to find a medium that I could create anything I wanted, anytime I wanted. And, mm. and three, 3D was that medium. Um, and I, I just kind of took to it really, really quickly. I, I thought I'd have to go to university. I thought I'd have to pay thousands of pounds for, for certain uh, programs and things like that. Um, but I just downloaded a program called Daz 3D, which is uh, kind of a character creation kind of 3D program uh, for kind of concept and digital art. Um, and I just took to it really quickly. I think all of my skills in photography just crossed over, you know, when I, I created this character called Shudu, I, I, I just wanted to create this really, really gorgeous image of this woman with these gold necklaces on. Um, and I posted it online and straight away she went viral, I posted of her. It was shared around the world. It was shared by Naomi Campbell. It was shared by Fenty Beauty. It was, it was crazy. It got hundreds of thousands of likes. Um, and I kind of just, it was the validation that I wish I had as a fashion photographer. And, it, and, and yet it came so easily as a 3D artist. You know, I'd, I'd only been doing it for three months and straight away wow. Wow. I was getting this crazy amount of, of you know, kind of uh, eyes on me, you know, kind of people looking at my work. Sure. I think I was one of those initial people that liked it. I totally remember it making the rounds and I I also remember stopping in my tracks trying to figure out is is she real I remember like at first glance just scrolling through I, I had this moment of being like oh my gosh this is so interesting and I wanted to know more about it and and actually with that I remember in some of your initial interviews it sounded like it was also that Shudu was very much a piece of art you know and that mm -hmm. she was such an incredible you know, first step into something that was clearly really new. Mm -hmm. And um, how have you seen, how have you seen it evolve? Obviously it's no longer just artwork and Shudu is a model and an influencer and, you know, kind of gained so much traction. And like you mentioned, offers a great platform to partner with brands. How has that evolved? And what do you think about in these conversations with brands when it comes to working with someone like Shudu? I think, I mean, the space has just come so far in the past four or five years. It's it's incredible to see so many new virtual influencers popping up every day. And, you know, they're taking so many different forms. They're no longer kind of like human forms. You're seeing like uh, anime and kind of manga figures. You're seeing like really abstract, um, you know, kind of characters, um, all with really high followings and really, really high engagement. Um, and I think I think people have just become more and more accepting of it over the, over the past few years. It's really evolved to be something quite serious. I think in the beginning it was almost a gimmick, but now with the metaverse, um, I think people are really looking at these influences as as the future. You know, as as the future of the space and the future leaders in the space. You know, the 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 future influences of the metaverse. That is really really interesting and I think that those brands that engaged in this space really early you know at first maybe people were thinking oh what are they doing you know using these digital models but now <laughs> yes. you look back and you think 
wow, they were so progressive mm -hmm. um, and so ahead of the times, you know, and I, I think it's, you can still be progressive. You know, I, I, I don't think time has run out yet. You know, if, if you're a brand and you're looking to kind of engage in the space, it's still early days, you know, you can still get in there early and you can still make an impact on this space. You know, I, I see projects popping up all the time, even outside of avatars, you know, different NFT projects and things like that, that are really um, changing the way we look at this space. So mm. I think, um, I think it's evolved, it's matured, but I still think there's space for brands to really, really make their mark and, and still be at the forefront of this huge wave. Interesting. Could you tell us a little bit about your, what you've learned over the years about how consumers interact with digital avatars or how consumers, I'd love to hear your views on how consumers are thinking of identity and even their own avatars going forward. But like, how, how have they reacted to engaging with something that's digital, digital only? I think I, I think the pandemic has really shaped uh, the way that people view influencers. You know, I think um, you have kind of like pre-pandemic where you had the these influencers popping up, and it was really really kind of early days, and some uh, some were kind of really intrigued by the characters. They were there for the story. They were, they wanted to hear more about the narrative. Some uh, followed, you know, characters like Shudu because they they just love the way that she looked, you know, they love the art that I create with her. So they, they kind of, you know, just wanted, wanted something visual. Um, and, and people were just kind of unsure about the whole space and how to interact with it. But over the course of the pandemic, people have realized that these avatars really are a way to kind of express yourself mm -hmm. um, digitally, um, you know, and, and when you're kind of stuck inside, I think a lot of people were actually thinking about, you know, uh, gaming and avatars and their digital identity became so much more important because we weren't able to interact physically. Um, so people really switched and, and kind of took this much more seriously. And now you have um, people using NFTs as their profile pictures, you know, verified mm -hmm. on Twitter and things like that. They're actually really spending a lot of money um, and investing a lot of money in their digital identity. Um, and that is obviously going to take the form of fully 3D avatars once, uh, you know, once more of the metaverse kind of develops and kicks off, you know, and people are going to be investing a lot of money and time in that. And it'll be really, really interesting to see how people express identity in this space, you know, because when you can be anyone, you know, what what kind of form does that take? Um, and I'm I'm really kind of exciting uh, excited to see how it's going to develop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking so much about the consumer mindset and how digital modeling shows up and how you might interact with these new avatars. And you know, do you think or do you commonly see that digital modeling is very much a part of digital fashion, or do you feel that you know we we work with a lot of brands who make a physical product so they're super curious about how to experiment in these new industries whether it's with a digital model or creating digital fashion so are they related and and what have you learned so far about how brands you know think about it too the way that i approach shudu really is like the face of of 3d fashion and 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 digital fashion and it's something that i'm really really passionate about is um is, is that I learned when I when I started this journey was that a lot of brands are actually switching to 3D design. So mm -hmm. they're moving away from 
um, kind of physically sketching, uh, you know, uh, garments and they're moving away from physically stitching uh, mm -hmm. garments together and actually into kind of designing these garments digitally um, and previewing, uh, previewing them and kind of creating these lookbooks digitally. And I find that I found that fascinating, you know, and I thought the impact of that on um, waste uh, and kind of productivity, I thought was really, really, really interesting. So when I think of Shudu, you know, I really, really think that she is kind of almost the face of that. But when I think of avatars in general, I think, um, you know, I, I think they have so many different facets to them. You know, they they might not, you know, it might not be about fashion for, for one. It might actually be um, a political stance or, you know, mm -hmm. tackling something in society or something like that. You know, they might not have any interest in fashion. Um, and I think you can also use virtual influencers to illustrate a point about technology. So it doesn't necessarily have to be about digital goods, um, but it can be just um, a comment on kind of what's happening. So even if you do produce something physically, you can use the virtual influencers to just kind of, um, you know, illustrate about the future, where the future's going. You know, we've done several collaborations with uh, car companies um, and they've cool. kind of used, yeah, really cool, and <laughs> yeah. really, un really unexpected for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they used virtual influence to kind of illustrate a point about the future rather than necessarily mm. selling a digital product. It was more kind of like uh, just, just showing where the future's going. And, and for one of them, almost showcasing uh, that their car had electric capabilities and things yeah. like that. So, really just using it as a narrative tool rather than rather than to sell digital product yeah oh i did see that weren't they in a showroom right i feel like i saw yeah it was very cool yeah that <laughs> da campaign. danny <laughs> yeah yeah i was like oh my gosh so so cool mm. um and you know when these brands i, I think we're focused on that because that's clearly our our audience um and you mentioned how they might be able to represent their brand through through these avatars and make a nod to the future. Do you think there are brands that are excited to invest in creating their whole their own avatar as the face of their brand? Have you have you been working with any? You know, I know you may may not be able to name them, but do people frequently come to you wanting to create their very own avatar to live on? You know, through a social channel and then maybe later enter any one of these different virtual worlds. Is that a trend you see happening or is it more that they might just collaborate with Shudu to create something special around a campaign? I think uh, I definitely know that yeah. this year is going to be <laughs> is going to be a big year for brands creating their own kind of digital personas and identities for a multitude of reasons, you know, whether mm -hmm. that's just kind of being a brand ambassador or maybe it's about being an ambassador or a face for a certain group. Um, I, I know that this is something that's going to happen. Um, I think people will still continue to work with influencers like Shudu who have their own following and, you know, people are all interested in what Shudu is doing. Um, but I think for brands, it's um, exciting to kind of create your own character and, and put a face to kind of your consumer. Um, it can be a bit of a struggle for, for a lot of brands to kind of imagine what the face of their consumer might look like. You know, how do you just pick one person mm -hmm. um, to kind of be that face? And, and, and I think that that's part of the challenge and something that I find really, really interesting and exciting when working with these brands. It's like, who is that character going to be, you know, and how can I help them? Uh, develop that character because the temptation can be to create something that is completely uh, unoffensive, completely, you know, kind of like 
uh, trying to cater to every every one of your consumers and and it, it, all you end up with is just something that's really really bland you know so yeah having that expertise and having someone there who can kind of help you create a, a character that's distinctive and stands out and has a story of their own and a voice of their own I think is is the value in this space mm. can you yeah. that's really interesting can you tell us a little bit more about your process kind of how you work, how you've worked in the past with brands and just what does the process look like? So if I'm a brand, I say, you know what, we're really looking at creating an avatar for ourselves, um, not to partner with the Shudu, for example. You know, we have brand personas, we have marketing strategies, we have, you know, kind of campaigns that we're running, but we want to do this. So how does that, how does that work? Maybe just see if you can give us a little insight into how you've typically worked with brands and how brands should be thinking about this from a, just a process standpoint. So we, the first thing is to look at this from a really, really long-term perspective. You know, this is an yeah. investment, you know, this isn't just a flash in the pan. Oh, we're going to create this character. And then in six months time, you know, it's over and, and done with, you know, this is something that really brands should be looking at develop, developing over a number of years, um, introducing a multiple characters, multiple diverse characters as well. Um, and building uh, a narrative and, and a kind of a family, you know, this is, this is something that's, it's really, really important and uh, needs to be constructed in the right way. So, the initial character might just be kind of like a jump off point, you know, and then you might introduce mul multiple characters after that. And I think mm -hmm. it's important that each of those characters has something to say, um, you know, has kind of a point of view um, and which character is right for what brand is all really down to kind of looking at their demographic and, and kind of who their consumer is and um, trying to put a face to that uh, while still kind of keeping it distinctive and, and still, you know, keeping it kind of like on point with the branding and, and kind of their messaging. Um, so yeah, it can be quite a process. <laughs> um, it can be quite a process. It takes, um, it takes me about four to six weeks to create, to create an avatar. Um, generally, I like to work directly with the brand and kind of getting resources from them. What kind of like, uh, what kind of faces do they like, you know, showing me lots of references and things like that. Um, and just kind of, yeah, just kind of being creative with it. And I, I love that um, and kind of working with them um, to develop this persona. It's really, really, really exciting. That's great. Super exciting. And I love your point about how you, these models are also potentially the virtual influencers of the metaverse. And so we think about the future in that way too. <clears throat> like you mentioned the long-term vision you know, today it might feel like a lot of it is kind of static imagery, which is amazing and beautiful. And to your point, really says something on its own. Do you see a future where this evolves into either the, you know, the virtual model going into the metaverse and help it leading their customers there or helping them understand this new space and community that's developing, um, as well as does it, you know, does video or any of those other mediums come into play in the next few years, in your opinion? I absolutely think that. And I think we need to kind of look at this 
almost like a game and in any game that you play you'll have what's called npcs which are non-playable characters and and the job of those npcs are to um push the story forward and also to gu help guide you through that game help guide you through that world and if we look at virtual influences in a similar way that's kind of going to be their purpose it's these it's it, these kinds of uh you know story uh, and kind of narrative kind of characters that kind of guide you through the metaverse, help you through it. Um, some of them might be celebrities that you might uh, never really interact with, <laughs> you know, <laughs> face to face. You might go to their concert or something, mm -hmm. um, but some of them will be much more accessible and, and you know, will be helping you and, and talking and chatting with you and keeping you company. Uh, and I find that really, really super exciting, you know, the, the future of these characters. And when I look at Shudu, I think, uh, you know, I, I wonder what her future is like because she's going to outlive me by decades, <laughs> centuries, maybe, you know, and mm -hmm. and that's what you have to think about with these characters is you're not just creating a character for like the next couple of years, you know, this is, these are like the next, um, you know, Mickey Mouse or like Winnie the Pooh or, you know, yeah. it, it, these are the new characters of this age that in a century's time will still be around long long after I'm gone or other creators are gone, you know? So how are these characters going to live on? You know, what are their lives going to be like? What are the capabilities of these characters going to be like? Um, it's just so super exciting when you think of it like that. Yeah, that shifted my mind in a big way. So yeah, <laughs> cool sure. to think about. What else are you excited about from a technological standpoint? You know, new creative tools, other technologies that you're experimenting with. Anything you can share with us on that front? So I'm currently really, really obsessed with what's called VTubers. Um, and these are virtual characters that stream or have YouTube channels. Um, and they often have massive and major following. Yeah. Um, they usually take the form of kind of anime or manga characters. Mm -hmm. um, like they look very uh, hand drawn um, in their kind of appearance and they have kind of limited mobility, but it doesn't stop them from having this huge impact on their audience and a huge yeah. following and people loving them. Sure. And I find that super interesting, you know, that people um it, you don't need to be hyper realistic you know you don't need to have these like superhuman characters that can actually end up being a little bit creepy um <laughs> you know that that people are really excited to engage with uh these these kind of more anime manga looking characters you know and they love that uh and i love it you know um so i'm i'm really really kind of obsessed at looking at kind of the programs that they're using to create these these characters the kind of way that they're rigged how they make them look so like a piece of art but at the mm. same time it's technology you know and it's yeah. it's the way that those two kind of spaces come together and and also the compelling stories that the um creators of them have you know one of them that i follow called iron mouse um her her real story in the real world is just just super interesting, you know, and and you kind of really, really um, connect with her, despite yeah. the fact that all you see is this kind of cartoon image. Right. Um, and I, I just find that really interesting. I think the metaverse is going to be populated with tons of different kinds of characters. You know, you're going to want people who, people are going to want to live in worlds that maybe don't look like this one, you know, aren't mm -hmm. hyper-realistic. They're going to want to live in kind of manga novels or anime or um, cartoon worlds, you know, so... I find that aspect really, really, really interesting, you know, because I think everyone thinks, oh, we're pushing towards 
you know, where you can't tell what's real and what's not. And and I think, well, actually, it might go the other way. You know, people might right. might push more towards um, something that's more of an aesthetic, something that's more artistic. Yeah, I totally see that with my daughter. I have a young daughter, and she's completely into that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That resonates so well with me where it's not realistic really at all uh, but it's it is the story it is the connection there's kind of an emotional bond there that um, is is fascinating and it will have tremendous impacts as that generation grows up and becomes the consumers of tomorrow uh, for yeah. sure i'd be curious if there's anything from a technological standpoint limitations you found or things that kind of frustrate you that aren't quite there, especially as you're looking at, you know, some of the hyper-realistic work that, that you do. Is there anything brands should just be aware of that, you know, we're not just not quite there technically? I think animation is always difficult. You know, if yeah. you're animating hyper-realistic characters, it's always difficult, especially the, the more realistic the character gets, the harder they are to animate, you know, and and that's the struggle that I have with with my characters, which you do, is that I don't come from an animation background, you know, right. I come from a photography background. So what I kind of know and understand is our uh, stills. Um, and when it comes to animating these characters, the budgets need to be quite big. You know, this mm -hmm. is um, this is animation that competes with with Hollywood. You know, if right. you look at kind of some of the best um, best animation in Hollywood or of human faces. Um, it's still not really quite there. You know, I, I went to see, um, I think it's like Genesis Man or something with Will mm -hmm. Smith. And mm -hmm. that had like a ton of amazing technology put into it to kind of make his younger self. And in some of the scenes, it's like, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> um, but in others, you know, it's still like, okay, like you can, you can tell, you know, it's still not quite there. And that is the best of the best working on that, you know. Right. Um, so I think brands need to temper their expectations a little bit when it comes to animation um, mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe be a bit more forgiving. Sometimes animation isn't going to look that great or that realistic uh, when you animate these characters. And I think that's OK, because the consumer can see that these are 3D characters. And I, I actually think that's a good thing, um, you know, for them to to be able to to differentiate mm -hmm. um so maybe not making it so hyper realistic um one of the other things that i really really struggle with as well and is is still to this day a a a pain point for us is finding hairstyles that are culturally appropriate for our characters mm -hmm. um so for shudu uh we don't actually make the hair in-house we can make some hairstyles in-house but obviously you want to you know you want to have access to lots of different hairstyles sure. um and it, they just aren't there. You know, there's only two braided hairstyles that I can find that are really, I would say, good enough for Shudu. Mm. And that is <laughs> crazy considering the huge amount of hairstyles available for uh, our character, Danny, who's Caucasian, you know, how mm -hmm. many different hairstyles she can have. Um, and I really, really want to see more diversity when it comes to um, being able to dress up your characters, being able to change their hair, their kind of skin tone, things like that. I think it's uh, crazy that, you know, we have these limitations. And, and I think for people going forward, it's so important that they feel represented in the metaverse and in this yeah, space. Sure. Um, you know, I, I can't actually imagine what it must be like to log into a game and not be able to make a character that looks like you. You know, mm. I, I think that that 
it, it must be hugely frustrating for certain people. You know, I mean, the the only thing I can relate slightly to that is is I mean, not many characters have my body type. You know, when I'm playing a game, mm-hmm. um, so you know, but it, I don't think that compares to something that really is a, a, something so. Uh, so definitive of your identity you know not being able to represent yourself properly in these 3d spaces and I, I really hope that companies are thinking about that and and taking that seriously and challenging it yeah good point i love that i think it's and especially with the what seems to be such a wide open creative blank space in the metaverse to just immediately confront these same issues is ah oh, like let's get there and, and get there faster um so that's a really good point I think, you know, we, we've learned a lot today. So thanks for sharing so much, Mike. I didn't know if there was anything else you were curious to learn. No, I'm not really. I mean, camera James has been awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if there's any other kind of closing thoughts you have, things you're excited about, you know, other things that you think brands should be thinking about, um, you know, would love to hear them. Otherwise, thank you very much for your time. And where to find you? Where can people learn more about the digitals? So um, so if you want to learn more about the digitals, just uh, Google us. I think we have uh, the best kind of resources. Our website it has a massive uh, a massive kind of resource of like information about the, the brands that we've worked with and the kind of project you can do. Even if you're not thinking about necessarily working with us directly, but if you want to get inspired, there's a huge wealth of, of mm. history there when it comes to uh, the development of this space. And I find that really interesting. Or, you know, just kind of message us on Instagram. You can probably find Shudu. She's probably the more popular one than me, um, which is just Shudugram. Um, but what I'd like to say to, to brands is just do it. You know, this is something that I always say, like, jump in, like, get involved. You're only going to learn by doing it. Yeah. Um, you're not really going to learn much from the sidelines, you know, and and who knows, you might make an impact in this space. You might change it for, for the better. You know, the, the brands that jumped in and worked with me right at the beginning, they are now considered, you know, the kind of uh, predecessors for all of this, the kind of foundation for this, you know. So, and, and they took kind of a risk, you know, and I, I still think there's that, that, that opportunity there. Um, so, yeah, I just, I just think do it. And I, I, I think do it with, with kind of meaning as well. I see a lot of projects focusing really on the money aspect um, and it's so transparent but you know I, I I think move away from that and just do something experimental that isn't necessarily focused on kind of capitalizing on the metaverse you know there's so many more interesting things than money um, to do with the metaverse you know so so yeah that's my kind of closing advice and, um, <laughs> thank you guys for having me it's been so so interesting speaking with you yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you all right have a great day Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Metaverse Matters by Pebble Ventures. If you enjoyed the content, please do subscribe and rate the show. You can also connect with us on LinkedIn at pebbleventures.com or directly at mike at pebbleventures.com. If you're a brand exploring the space or you're already testing and are looking to develop next level strategies, please do reach out. We'd welcome an introductory conversation to learn more about your goals, where you are in the process, and share our thoughts about your business. Have a great day.